Hey there, and welcome to Beer Branding Trends, conversations on building stronger craft beverage brands. Kodo Design has spent more than a decade working with craft food and beverage artisans, helping them to brand or rebrand, reposition, and reimagine what a compelling F&B brand can be. This show captures all of our fieldwork and experience into practical strategies, tips, and tactics to help you build a stronger brand and sell more beer. I'm Isaac Arthur. And I'm Cody Fagg. And this is the Beer Branding Trends Podcast. Hey, Cody, what's going on today? Not a whole lot, Isaac. How are you doing? I am well, and I am excited to discuss today's topic. This is an issue that comes up frequently in our brewery work, and that is the difference between a rebrand and a refresh. And I wanted to start off by just reading a paragraph from our last book, if that's not too corny. Uh, Our last book, Craft Beer Rebranded. So let me start from the top here. I'll read it in a British accent. I I won't do that. The most common concern we hear headed into brewery rebranding projects is the potential for confusing customers and losing business. If we change our logo or packaging, let alone our name, how will people know what to look for on shelf? This is a valid concern and one that we frame as evolution versus revolution. Cody, let's start with a few definitions and then dive into this topic more deeply. Could you could you give us a rundown on what a brand refresh is and then how that differs from a rebrand? Absolutely. And I think we'll start with the definition that's a little bit more subtle. We'll start with a brand refresh. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's kind of more of a, an iterative update. You can call it like a fresh coat of paint. Uh, This is when a a lot of things in your company have stayed the same. You know, you haven't really changed your core values. You haven't really changed what you're doing per se, but maybe your brand identity, kind of that external, those external pieces that you use, your logo, your communications pieces might be kind of showing their age. Maybe they were done a while ago. Maybe you're starting to see sales flatline, which is another issue that we run in a lot when we're talking to people. Marketing communications can seem kind of tired. Problems like these can be solved with a refresh, which is you just take what you have and you update it. One of the goals is just to make it more contemporary and to freshen it up and make it kind of feel a little bit more modern or contemporary. Mm -hmm. A brand refresh exists in contrast to a rebrand, which a rebrand is a lot more of a fundamental change. You might have a shift in your core messaging. Sometimes there's even like a name change for your organization. But this will also include refocusing your positioning. Maybe you're moving to a new audience. Maybe you have a new line of products that you want to get out there. And so this is a fully updated look and feel. You're pretty much throwing everything out and starting from scratch. This starts with the logo, but then it moves through packaging, website, and extending to pretty much anywhere else someone might run into you. So point of sales, delivery vehicles, clothes that your employees wear in the tap room, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And this can be confusing and frankly, kind of semantic because in both cases, you are resulting in updated packaging and stuff like that. I think there's a subcategory too, which we've seen in the last couple of years, which is a package refresh or even a package rebrand. But the thing that confuses people that we've found is that people use these terms interchangeably. So someone will call a refresh or rebrand or from a you you and you and me in business development conversations, people will call on the team as an internal kind of emotional intelligence process thing. Uh, they'll call a rebrand a refresh because, you know, a refresh is less intimidating than an outright rebrand if you're trying to get seven or eight people on board to do it. So, I think just to to echo what you said, Cody, the at the most base level 
if you're changing your name, certainly that's a rebrand. But if you're making substantial changes across messaging and positioning, then you're looking at a rebrand, which will result in an updated identity and packaging. If you're simply tweaking things, you're not throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Everything's squared away internally, and you just need to, to your point, make things more contemporary and consistent, then that would be more of a refresh. So that's probably clear as mud for folks, but let's let's talk about how do we know which is the right strategy? So, okay, I understand the difference between a refresh and a rebrand. How do we actually know which one is right? And Cody, you and I, Kodo, has always started this process off by weighing a brewery's brand equity. So we try to put as much qual quantitative, <laughs> as much qual. That's the Q. That's the right Q. That's word, the yeah. word there. Yeah, <laughs> the right quantitative amount of data, so that we can we can try to to judge this as much as as possible with as much context. So Cody, can you give me a rundown on what brand equity is and how we go about weighing that or measuring it? So in branding and marketing, we generally define brand equity as the total amount of goodwill your brand has with its customers, hopefully goodwill. Um, really, it's your customer's overall impression of you, your brand, what you do, what it's like to go in, what the experience is like to consume your products, go hang out at the tap room, whatever it is. Bigger corporate guys think like Anheuser InBev or global consumer brands like, I don't know, Procter & Gamble. They think of brand equity as things like, you know, what's the total consumer mind share? What percentage of people are aware that the brand exists or have purchased the product before? They try to gauge the likelihood of retaining these customers over time. And they try to also value the overall financial standing of the brand. Essentially, they use this kind of voodoo math to figure out how much their brand name is worth. Yeah. For smaller craft breweries and even not so small craft breweries, we're a lot more concerned with the link between your visual look and feel and your reputation. So, and I really like putting it this way, the lore <laughs> and the visual cues that if they were lost would confuse customers and lead to lost sales. So what, what pieces of your logo, your color palette, even your language and things like product portfolio and build up of what you're actually selling what do you need to retain so that people still know that it's you and still recognize that it's you? And we're often trying to just measure what people love about the brand and what what needs to stay and what needs to go. That's right. And when we kick into a weighing brand equity, we do that by going, taking people through a brand audit. So this is probably worth its own conversation at some point, maybe its own podcast episode. But a brand audit for now is a rigorous examination of all of your brewery's internal and external comms going back to your earliest days. This can include if you were, I'm sure folks that have been open for 20, 30 years, we found have you know two or three rounds of brand strategy work as they've evolved over the years. So, so looking at that stuff, but then also just externally looking at packaging, tap handles, social media posts, email marketing, sponsorships, news, or media, we're trying to get as broad a context, a sense of the context as we can. Uh, we're looking for visual cues and key signifiers that are core to your brand. So building on what you just said, Cody, we're looking at, are there, are there, is there a logo build or composition? Think about New Belgium rebranding without that cruise or bicycle. That's the sort of thing we're looking for here. A specific icon, a skew specific color, you know, green for your IPA, because that's what everyone does. A certain typeface, packaging composition, even even the format that you package in can be a form of equity. I think Cody, when when you and I worked with Kettle House, they were the only brewery that we'd met at that time that had done eight packs of sixteen ounce cans. You ended up with these cinder blocks of 
cans off-prem, which is really cool. So if they moved away from that, that would actually be a form of losing their brand equity, we found. And then there's this other point about IP. So obviously, if you have any existing trademarks on your name, fanciful beer names, logos, identity, typography, any sort of trade dress needs to be considered through this as well. And without getting too further in the weeds, once you gather all this stuff, we found that interpreting it is largely a common sense thing. If you've used the same logo or icon for 20 years and that thing is plastered all over your market in every bar and on everyone's t-shirt and everyone's beer cooler, then you likely want to retain some element of that through the rebrand. Is your IPA the best-selling craft beer in your state? Then you probably want to keep the same color for that as you, you move your way through the update. Not rocket science, but we try to put as much context and quantitative uh, data to it as we can to make sure we're making the right decisions. Final point here that I wanted to discuss with you and get your opinion on, and, and we've had people ask us this before, is just can you rebrand and keep the same logo? This comes up a lot, and it's usually tied to that concern that we mentioned at the top of this episode of, of confusing customers. You know, we've had the same logo for 18 years. There's no way we can change it now. Cody, can you rebrand and keep the same logo completely as is? Yeah, and I, I want to be very clear for the sake of this question, we're talking about rebranding and not refreshing necessarily. Mm -hmm. But either way, after you get through the process of going through a brand audit, identifying the goals of the rebrand, and making the necessary changes to things like website, packaging, all the little nitty-gritty tactical stuff like delivery vehicles and and how the logo looks on a brewer's shirt. Once you work through all of that stuff, it's really unlikely that your logo is going to make it through without needing some tweaks, at least. You're going through this process to sort of deepen and refine your messaging, to reach out to customers more effectively. You're trying, often we're trying to streamline what actually exists there in the visual logo system so that people know what to use and that implementation is a little bit more smooth. So there's a good chance that you get through all of that work and then your original logo, untouched, would start to stick out like a sore thumb. A good example of when this can happen, and you know, a, a lot of craft breweries kind of bootstrap. They do what they can to get open. During the boom, it was more about getting open quickly yeah. than it was about maximizing your look and feel and really tightening the marketing. So a lot of folks just kind of were winging it. If your logo mark was not designed by a professional designer at this time in the first place, there might be elements of the logo that are just not good. And I know art can be subjective, but when I say not good, there are principles of design that often breweries will just flat out fail. And you don't know because... Flagrantly disregard. <laughs> right. I mean, look, we've studied this for two decades now, almost. And there's a lot of things that just aren't common knowledge and culture, whether it, you know, be it typography, font stuff, illustration style, hierarchy, basic visual communication, all of this stuff can have a negative impact on your brand and ultimately your sales and how much money you're making. So if that's the case with your logo, it probably should be redone as well, just so you can maximize what it does for you in the market. The same way a brewer goes out to another tap room and tries tries a beer and goes, mm, uh, uh, I don't think so. <laughs> That's what we're constant like we're constantly battling that inside our head, trying not to be assholes as we're out navigating the world, looking at everything around us and going, mm, uh, uh, not good, no bueno. Yeah, yeah. It, th this is not a, this is not us trying to be snobs, no. although we are a little bit because if you study something, you kind of do have to be a snob. You have to have standards. You have to know when something isn't working. But I mean, as far as the decision to to 
whether you touch the logo or not through your rebrand or your refresh, whatever your situation may be, bare minimum, updating that mark so that it at least jives with the rest of the new work, the packaging, maybe building in other versions of the logo, depending on what your needs are. We generally find that's like bare minimum level of entry for like a rebrand or a refresh. Agree. Yeah. If you really are worried about it, because it's the concern usually goes deeper than the initial question, right? So if people are worried about that, then that's something we can work through through the audit. And maybe it is more of a refresh and maybe it's more of a very subtle update to that mark to get it in line with that eventual packaging. Because to your point, I think you said something like sticks out like a sore thumb. We've had a, maybe one project that I can think of specifically where we did not touch the logo and we updated the packaging and it it was interesting. Uh, that mark that mark definitely did not look in line with everything we'd done. So, yeah, uh, this is this has been great, Cody. Is there anything else you think we need to touch on, or have we covered everything? No, I mean, I, I think that's a pretty good overview. Okay, all right. Well, we typically don't do commercials on here, but if you're interested in this conversation, this topic, you should check out our last book, Craft Beer Rebranded, just craftbeerrebranded.com. We dive into this topic basically through the entire book. So check that out. And Cody, thank you for your time. I will catch up with you later this afternoon and yet another meeting. (laughs) Thank you, Isaac. (laughs) Thanks for listening to Beer Branding Trends. If you like what we're doing here, if you find this valuable, please rate and review us over on iTunes and head over to beerbrandingtrends.com to join more than 5,000 subscribers who receive our monthly email newsletter covering strategy, currents, and actionable advice from Kodo Design, a branding firm on the front lines of beer and beverage branding. Take care. We'll catch back up with you soon.